I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shalaz, Tom Bettis with you this morning. Taking your calls, and the phone lines are open at 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Next listener, Ton, lives in Centerville with east winds, and they want to know what trees hold up best in high winds. Well, any tree that roots well will hold up. And so the key is, is to get it planted. And as the wood forms... It'll form in such a way that it adds strength to those limbs. Mm-hmm. And so the what I would avoid are cottonwoods and willows and maybe box elder trees. Yeah, so it's more about how you plant the tree than the variety of tree you plant. It is. And so oaks, maples in general, um, lindens, crab apple trees, like, like spring snow is fruitless. Most trees will do fine. They'll just be a little bit sideways if there's that much wind. You know, South Weber is an area that you drive and all the trees are slanted toward the west. (laughs) And then the mouth of Farmington Canyon, that happens. But trees will tolerate it. It's just more avoiding the, what we would, the less stellar trees that have a lot of weak wood and branch breakage. Next listener says, they're thinking of planting eggplant next year. Is there a specific variety that you would recommend? I will defer to Sheridan on this. Okay, and I will defer to a video that we did last year with Sheridan at the uh, USU Botanical Center, the demonstration garden. Uh, If you go back and look at our videos, uh, probably the easiest way to do that at this point is to go on the KSL on our YouTube channel, KSL Greenhouse Show, and you will find this wonderful video of the demonstration garden and all the different kinds of things that you can plant. And she has a couple of varieties of eggplant that you can choose from that are more unusual. And so you can check that out there. That would be the best thing to do. Uh, Sheridan, even if you emailed her, I would know of a few varieties that she's been happy with. How would they email her? Uh, Sheridan, S-H-E-R-I-D-E-N dot Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N at U-S-U dot E-D-U. You're not a big eggplant fan? I'm not. So I'm just going to defer over to Sheridan instead of making some snarky joke about it. <laughs> you know. I love eggplant if it's cooked correctly. I mean, well, I've I, had it where I've not liked it. but I think that, I don't know if it's just generational, but growing up, a lot of the vegetables I ate were boiled to mush, Mm -hmm. and the texture Mm -hmm. and the flavor was gone. I fought endless battles, you know, I'm going to sit there until I eat it type stuff, and I just grew up They didn't have Instagram and get get all these wonderful ideas, Don. Now I've got Instagram. I can find all sorts of wonderful recipes for eggplant. When I got into college and after, I started having a lot of, and with my job, a lot of vegetable dishes where I found out I like tomatoes. I like Brussels sprouts somewhat, <laughs> you know, and 
there's a lot of different vegetables. I grew up just, I despised asparagus and I've had them cooked in different ways and they're wonderful. Right. So that's why I, I avoided the snarky joke this time and we'll just defer to Sheridan <laughs> and just go from there. All right. Next listener says, for the first time, something has been eating their radishes, beets, and corn. As soon as the shoots were like one to two inches. Now, they did not eat the other plants in the garden, like the carrots, peas, broccoli, and tomatoes. Now, the plants would regrow. They would be eaten again. We tried bug killer, mouse traps, decon, because this was the first time they've seen squirrels in their trees. Any suggestions as to what might have been eating them? Squirrels. You do think it was the squirrels? Probably. Um, they like certain vegetable so crops. So Wayne was right. It's squirrels. It could be the squirrels if that's the deciding factor. I mean, they could look up cutworms, and those would be the next most likely things, but squirrels will feed on things in your garden. All right. Karen is on the line in Cottonwood Heights. Good morning, Karen. What was your question? Good morning. Um, I have an Alberta peach tree that I planted in the spring of 2021. Mm-hmm. My peaches, I've got lots of peaches this year. And once they're not ripening, uh, one side's still peachy colored with the one that's towards the sun. The other side is still kind of greenish. And I pick some and put them on the counter. They don't seem to ripe very. No, peaches, once you pick a peach, that's all the ripening it's going to do. And it'll just eventually rot. So you need to leave them on the branch. And fruit is late this year. Um, you know, usually by now we, the Albertas would be on and done. And I noticed that, uh, some of the orchards down South have a peach called Angelus, which is a pretty good late peach and they're just ripening up. So we're a week to two weeks behind. So just leave them on the tree. Okay. My two neighbors have, I don't know if they've got Alberta peach trees, but they've already had their peaches. They're gone. So they could have had red, red Haven or early Alberta, which would have been, Ripe a okay. week to two weeks ago, and the Red Haven's a month ago. And then I have a quick another question. I have a raspberry patch that was planted at the same time in the spring of 2021. Um, got wonderful crop this year. I'm getting these long, long canes. Should I cut them now while they're still green, or should I wait until the winter? Because some of them are six to seven feet long. Is your raspberry a summer bearer or an ever bearer? It's a summer. It's a candy. Okay. So what you'll do is once the leaves start to drop off, you'll take out all the canes that produce this year's fruit. Right. Leave the other ones behind. And in anything at the base, narrower than a width of a pencil will come out. And then the canes that are above chest height, just cut them back at chest height. Okay, good. Because these, these new canes, these are new canes that are getting this so long. And I didn't know if yeah. I should cut them or not. Yep, just wait until late October to mid-November and cut them to chest height. Thank you so very much. Appreciate it. All right, Karen, thanks for your call this morning, and thanks for listening. Next listener, Tom, says they've been trying to get rid of some extremely invasive rose bushes. It has to be wild rose bushes. Uh, they, they're wondering what the best way is to get rid of them when they're not, they say they aren't very strong, so they've had a tough time digging them up. They may need to be willing to sacrifice other roses if it's a rootstock that's gotten out of hand. But a spray of Roundup over the top of them would probably eliminate them. Take care of that problem. Okay. And that's a lot less uh, physical work. It is. All right. Judy is on the line in Leighton. Good morning, Judy. What was your question? Good morning. Um, I have uh, several um, tea roses, and I love them. And in the spring, they have lovely 
sturdy um, stems and the roses are lovely. And I, when they're done blooming, I prune them down to, I think, where there's like five leaves. But when they come get ready to bloom the next time, the, the stems are so skinny and the roses are tiny. Am I doing something wrong? Uh, they could be getting too much water. That might cause that. They could also need some fertilizer to see if that will help um, broaden the the width of the canes that are bearing the flowers. Okay. So, so how often are they watered? Um, probably twice a week. With, with lawn my sprinklers? Lawn, with or, my lawn water. Okay. I mean, that should be okay. It's not ideal, but it doesn't kill them either. I would try, have you been using like a systemic rose food or anything on them? No, I haven't. Try some of that and see if that helps to get okay. you some better canes. You'd put so that on I'm in the spring. Them. I'm not clipping them incorrectly. I come down to where there's the first five leaves. Set of, yeah, five leaflets, and that's where you cut the flower off. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, next listener, Tan, says they have been picking their grapes once they've, you know, they've ripened, but they're wondering if they can now prune those grapes. No. We're in that season to where we're telling everybody to put your darn pruners away. All right, Paul. Unless they're cutting back perennials, after the perennial, you do not prune woody plants in the fall. Sometimes you have to. That's fine. I've had to. I've had jobs. Scratch the car. Yeah, that, you know, know, required it. But 95% of the time, woody plants are pruned from mid-March and or if they're spring flowering after they're done flowering. But just put those pruners away. All right, Paul. Thanks for your question this morning. Next listener says, how do you tell if apples are ready to pick? Taste them is the best method. You can cut them open and see if the seeds are dark, brown or black. That's an indication. Watch for the fruit to start falling on the ground. But the fruit on the south side of the tree will start to ripen first and then toward the middle last so you may need to pick them two or three times over a period of two weeks but if they look like they're ripe the seeds are dark brown just taste it and see what it tastes like all right we need to take a break coming back with the final segment of the ksl greenhouse phone lines are open at 801-575-8255 you can also text us at 57500 two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport she was tear gassed and beaten images of thousands desperate to escape taliban oppression filled our news feeds more than 80,000 afghans made it to america but the story didn't end there it was very cold there was no power no heat who would help our newest neighbors I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Final segment of the show, Maria and Ton with you, taking your calls at 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Ton, you want to talk a little bit more about how to prune grapevines. 
yeah. I sometimes get a little bit concerned with the amount of pruning people want to do in the fall. And grapes and most other things just don't like to be pruned then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so really quick, the things I had pruned in the fall are dead and diseased branches out of anything. And then if they, you mentioned if they're a safety hazard blocking your view, scraping your vehicle, those should come out. But prune in the spring. Grapes themselves, the recommendation used to be early February to mid-February, but we're finding that winter damage doesn't show up in grapes sometimes until they start to leaf out. And so we're recommending pruning actually sometime in mid-April to early May, just before the grapes. You can see the buds expanding, and then you can do some pruning. If they bleed a little bit, they sometimes bleed for a few days after pruning. It doesn't harm the grape. So uh, that's... To avoid winter damage and to know how much they're damaged, we're recommending pruning them in mid-April to early May. Okay. Uh, Next listener would like to know, does it matter? Well, let's see. Yeah. Does it matter if you fertilize before or after aerating? It doesn't matter. Uh, After would be fine, but it's not going anywhere if you fertilize and then aerate. Uh, Next person would like to know, they're thinking of Christmas just like Dave. Uh, They want to know, they want to get a living Christmas tree for their front yard. Uh, They like the look of Tannenbaum pine. Would that be a good choice or is there a better choice? Uh, Tannenbaum, I think, is a variety of Mugo. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing here is to make sure that the tree's not indoors for more than about 10 days. After about 10 or 11 days, they start to break dormancy. And so you bring it in about December 15th, 16th, 17th, and get it out the day after Christmas and then put it into your garage. It'll need to be watered sporadically through the winter in the garage, and then you can plant it in the spring when you work the soil. Next listener wants to know if that pruning, those pruning tips you just gave also pertain to large trees. They do. You don't want to do a lot of wholesale pruning on your shade trees this time of year. Uh, next listener wants to know what is best for fall, seed or seeding a new lawn or sodding it? It's getting a bit late to seed a new lawn. If they wanted to wait until late October and put the seed down where it was too cold for it to germinate, mm-hmm. they could do that and it would just germinate in the spring on its own. Or they could wait until early to mid-April of next year. Uh, next listener says they're new to planting squash. They have an acorn and a butternut. We didn't talk as much about squash, but um, how do they know when to harvest and then how to store them? Stick their fingernail into the side oh, of the squash fruit. we did talk about squash, yes. Yeah, stick their fingernail into the side of the fruit. If the fingernail doesn't penetrate very far and no sap comes out, that's a good sign. And if the fruit's taken on kind of a waxy appearance, that's the other thing. All right. Wilma. Leave two to three inches of stem on the squash. Excuse me. Sorry. Wilma is on the line in Tula. Good morning, Wilma. What was your question? Yes, we have killed out part of our lawn, the south side and the west side of the house, and have been uh, working on getting the morning glory under control. And with the image that was suggested, we have had good success with that using a spreader sticker, but it's getting late enough in the year for seeding We'll probably be seeding in the spring. Would it be good to put uh, pre C 
seed fertilizer down now so that it would be available in the spring? No, it would leach away. Just put it down when you put your seed down. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and if you spray a lot of that image, while the temperatures are in the 80s, you're fine. But if, say, you sprayed image and we were consistently in the 50s, it may stay in the winter, stay in the soil over the winter. And so I wouldn't do much spraying past another week with image if you're planning on reseeding an area. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for your call. Next listener says, if you're trying to kill a tree, is it better to cut it down in the fall before it starts to draw nutrients back from the leaves? They need to, if they want to cut it down, that's fine. But this is the good time of year to do stump treatments. You use a drill with a paddle bit that's a half inch wide or so and drill on a 45 degree angle three or four inches into the trunk every two inches. So you ring the tree. And you fill every one of those holes up as much as you can with concentrated Roundup or Lawn Weed Killer, and that should kill the tree. They can do it without cutting it down now if they want to cut it down in the spring. All right. We have just a minute left in the program. So I did want to mention to our listeners, Tom, that it is football season. And next Saturday, that means that this show is being preempted by football coverage. So we apologize for that. But also wanted to let our listeners know that we put together a, a number of great videos that they can go watch on our YouTube channel, KSL Greenhouse. They can also listen to the show in podcast form at kslpodcast.com. And you can actually kind of weed through the podcast and find particular things that you want want to hear about as well you can our youtube channel has a lot of videos on it facebook has our videos we should bring up that just with the general football season our schedule is a little more sporadic because of uh, big 12 football so if you don't hear us we'll be back all right have a great weekend and tune in and again two weeks two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.